why do we wait until shit is broken to go get help? If you're complacent in your fitness, you're complacent everywhere else. Your testosterone's dropping, depression's kicking in, lethargy gets kicking in. So at the end of the day, they get home and they're just like checked out. He has a, a duty to be physically fit and healthy so that he can serve his family properly. It's a requirement. It's not up for negotiation. It's a, it's a requirement as a man. It's not about vanity. Him losing that weight, him getting physically fit, it wasn't just about the weight loss. How do I make my relationship with my daughter better? How do I make my relationship with my wife better? We spend so much money on mocha choco bullshits and smack cock lattes. You are seeking pleasure to fulfill some sort of purpose or void in your life. And you can never fill a void or become happy seeking pleasure. When you seek purpose over pleasure, man, your heart does become full. You're a man living in the modern world in a time when men and manhood are not what they once were. You live life on your own terms. You're self-sufficient. You think for yourself and you march to the beat of your own drum. When life knocks you down, you get back up because in your gut, you know that's what men do. You're a badass and a warrior. And on the days when you forget, we are here to remind you who you really are. Welcome to the Sovereign Man Podcast. I'm your man, Nikki Balloon. We've got a fantastic guest uh, lined up for you today. He's a repeat guest. He is a former Marine Raider. He's an entrepreneur, podcast host, and champion for men. I'm speaking of Nick Kumalatsas. Welcome to the show, Nick. Nikki, thanks for having me back on. I'm stoked to be back here and I uh, hope you're doing good, man. You know what? Thank you, brother. God is good every single day and I'm blessed and grateful and life is indeed going really, really well. Um, but let's awesome. get right to the topic of the day. So I wanted us to yeah. start off by talking about something that I think is very important to all men. You know, so here at Sovereign Man, we identify the five pillars of, of sovereignty for a man, right? Um, and one of those pillars, oddly enough, is that you got to be physically sovereign. You got to have good health. You got to be able yeah. to look after yourself. You you have to be the kind of person that, um, you know, doesn't need <laughs> other people to physically take care of him. And I, and I believe right now that there's a lot of men that are just clueless about this. And I wanted to, you know, maybe have you kick off some of your thoughts about this. Yeah, absolutely. So, so it's actually, it's the first fundamental pillar of the Agogi, our, our men's coaching group, is the first one is fitness. Because if that's jacked up, if you're complacent in your fitness, you're complacent, you're, that's going to that's gonna go everywhere else. Um, so let's talk about, we got to first, I think we got to talk about what happens. How is this happening? So when I look at it, this is, this is, this is Nick's opinion on what, on what happens with men in general, yep. especially in, and I'm talking family, I'm talking family men, fathers, husbands, industry professionals, yep. they're trying to do it all. Right. So what happens is, you know, you, you grow up physically fit in your twenties, you know, your, or your, your, your teens, you get into your twenties, maybe you play a little sports, you know, and everybody, you know, everybody says, well, I, you know, I used to be, or back in my day, you know, that sort of thing, yeah. which is a total bullshit. Yeah. So, but then we get married, right. And our wife needs us. Our kids needs us. Our work needs us. We gotta, we gotta make money. So we gotta go get into that. You know, our kids, maybe, or maybe we put our kids in sports. Maybe our wife's, maybe our wife is, uh, you know, staying at home and raising, raising the young ones while you're at work. So you get off work. What happens? You're like, Oh man, I got to get home. You know, she's been with the kids all day. You know, I got to go do my part. Right. I got to take the kids here. I got to do it. And I think for the general, you know, if you look at it from that direction, the general idea is it comes from a good place, right? The man is trying to put himself second so that he provides for his family. Now that's one area. And then the, the other area is they're fucking tired. They're getting older. They're getting slowly. They're getting more overweight because they are putting themselves second. Um, they're not being fit. They're not staying physically fat. So they're getting overweight. 
their testosterone's dropping, depression's kicking in, lethargy gets kicking in. So at the end of the day, they get home and what they do, they go sit on the couch, crack a beer, turn on something, and they're just like checked out because they're they're exhausted. They're mentally exhausted, right? Essentially, they're just being weak, is what it is. Um, so uh, you do this for a period of time, and what happens? We see it over a period of time. You put on five pounds, 10 pounds, 20 pounds. Next thing you know, you look back a decade later and you're like, what the fuck happened, Nikki? I'm 300 pounds. How did I get here? Now I've got hypertension. I've got heart issues. You know, I've got, you know, type, potentially I'm on the, I'm, I need a CPAP. Um, I got type two diabetes. All these health issues are coming up, right? And your kids are looking at you like, well, you know, dad's old and dad can't do this. And he's, you know, he's not healthy, blah, blah, blah. So I can't, you know. You know, I can't play with him, you know, whatever. Yeah. Now you're a liability to your family. So here you are thinking, oh, well, I didn't do, I didn't, I didn't go to the gym because I put my family first. So I got, I got, I got off a call today. No, yesterday I made a video about it. I was yelling at everybody. Sometimes I do that. The guy is over 300 pounds, type two diabetic. Cir circulation issues. He's got like four or six kids. He is the single breadwinner for his family. He's in his mid forties. That dude's going to die. So you're the sole breadwinner for your family. And you're going to put your health at risk to where essentially you're going to die and leave them hanging. Yeah. That how that is so selfish. That is so small, so small minded. And that's the most selfish thing that you can do. And they're like, well, you know, vanity and all this kind of stuff. Nick, it's not about that. It's not about vanity. It's not even about him. It's not even about really his health. The reality of it is he need, he has a, a duty to be physically fit and healthy so that he can serve his family properly. So when it comes down to it, it ain't about him. It's about him being the very best version of himself so that he can serve his family appropriately. Because you know, here's, what, here's what's sad. That man will probably never walk his, his daughter down the aisle. No. He'll never play with his grandkids. No. And you know what he tells me? I can't afford coaching. You can't not afford coaching. Let me put your let me let me put your kids on the phone. Let me talk to your wife. How much is your husband's life worth? Two thousand dollars, four thousand dollars, hundred thousand dollars. What what's the price of your husband's life right now? And and this is not a this is a real thing. I put that video out there, and so many people hit me back and was like, "Dude, you're talking to me. That avatar is me." And that's sad, Nikki, because there are so many people in that same boat. Dude, men today um, have been emasculated. Masculinity mm -hmm. is dropping in the estimation of our society. And men themselves don't, they're not proud of being men, man. You know, um, my pops, he he passed away he was 81 and he'd had um he'd had a heart attack and a stroke when he mm -hmm. was um 72 73 sorry 73 he had a heart attack and a stroke at the same time it knocked him out now this was a man who exercised and did karate and you know he had a, he had a black belt in karate and he had a black belt in apkido and he exercised but he still overindulged, you know, and he didn't take care. He came from a generation where eating, you know, right. And all that stuff wasn't a thing. He had a big belly. I was a big bluff bear of a man with a big mm -hmm. belly. Handsome as oh, he looked like Omar Sharif. And if you remember that actor, Omar Sharif, he, he looked like him too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, with the, with the, with the white hair and the, the big bushy mustache and, you know, charming old world accent. And it, like, 
this this dude was larger than life, but he didn't take care of himself. So he he had a heart attack and a stroke, and he was incapacitated for most of the last you know eight years of his life. And that that mm-hmm. was terrible. It was absolutely terrible for that to happen for him. He passed away before his time. I think that if this hadn't happened to him, he could have lived well into his nineties, from my perspective. Yeah. Right. And and he didn't look after himself. And I got tons of buddies of mine that they don't work out. They just don't work out at all. I, I can't wrap my head around it. I can't wrap my head around how you can think you're a man and not try to be a physical beast. You know, like part of being a man is you got to be a badass. There's got to be a part of you that knows that if push came to shove and you needed to get into something physical, you know, to lift something out of the way, you know, so the car could pass or if, if you had to, if you had to carry both your kids on your back, because, you know, the, 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 your car had, had conked out and, and, and it was freezing out, you need to get the safety, you'd be able to do it, you know, and, right. and it's to me, it's incredible that men just don't see that. Oh, well, you know, I'll get to it someday, but they don't, they don't do shit. So. Nikki, I was talking to, uh, it's funny. Cause I, as that, as that, con- I called one of my coaches who was a, is a former client coach, Jerry, there's a podcast on the always forward podcast. I don't remember the number maybe 31 or 32, something like that. It's called killing the 300 pound man. So if you guys are listening go find that podcast, his name's uh, Jerry Frito, um, lived in, lives in New Jersey. He, uh, he came on as a client. He, uh, he was fed up, man. He, his dad died at 47 from a heart attack. Um, well, extremely overweight, same thing, overindulged, that sort of thing. Same thing that you're saying, just a lot younger. So he, he comes on board. I want to say 42. He's like 42. He wakes up and he realizes that he is heading down and he started having health issues, type, type two diabetes, et cetera, whatever started started having these health, the same health issues as his father. And he's like, Oh my God, I'm 47. It's coming really close for me. I could potentially die at the same age. My father did. So he got with us in the last next two years, he dropped over hundred pounds, completely reformed from diabetes, completely off of any sort of medication. He's on a, he's got a new lease on life, but that, that turned him into a personal growth beast. Him losing that weight, him getting physically fit, it just didn't just, it wasn't just about the weight loss. How he goes, how do I make my relationship with my daughter better? How do I make my relationship with my wife better? How do I employ? Now he now he's got two jobs. He works his corporate job and he works with us. He's a coach with us. He's coaching clients. He's running challenges. And he's like, he, he's, it can be done. But I told him that story. He goes, dude, that was me. That guy was me. And he goes, I was not going to be walking my daughter down the aisle. I was, I was going to die like my father did. That was it. And he made a change. Two years later, he's now he's now he's coaching his own people. Yeah, that's that's an impressive story. There's no question about it. But I, I want every man um, that listens to this uh, episode to like wake the fuck up. Yeah. Are you doing everything you can be doing to make sure you're in peak physical condition? Like, listen, um, I used to be a top personal trainer. Okay. I used to work with Olympic gold yeah. medal athletes. Right. Um, uh, I, um, I worked with CEOs uh, up until uh, my um, late forties. I had 8% body fat. I was ripped. I was strong. And then, I got out of the training business. I got into the business business, the coaching and advisory business. So I, yeah. I still worked out, but my eye wasn't on it the way it was before. You know what I mean? Like before it was like, yeah, of course. and so I just started to cheat a little bit at the margins of my diet. You know what I mean? I started just to a like, little bit of this, right? Yeah. Nikki, little bit a little of bit this, of little bit of that, a little, little bit, bit more that. food yeah. than normal, you know, yeah. started to eat carbs, a lot more carbs, started to eat late at night. And over the course of, um, God, not quite a decade, but say seven and a half, eight years, I just kept putting on weight, just kept putting mm-hmm. on weight. And I, I, I went up from 170 to 
214. Mm. Okay. Now but you felt that. Yeah. And um, you know, if you look at me, I'm 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 not obese, but um there's a little layer of fat on my belly that never used to be there back in the day. And I've been for the last little while, I've been experimenting with diets. Like I, I hired a naturopath, I did some of the stuff she told me, but it just it wasn't wasn't sustainable for me some of the things she wanted me to do it's just work yeah and i'm i'm training i train every day uh do something every day but now i'm i got into this thing called the carnivore diet right Mm. so i'm basically eating meat (laughs) right now i have been for a month or two yeah what you're doing though is it's you're just uh, heavily protein focused yeah which most people should be yeah yeah. So I'm doing this for a month. Like there, there's a reset period where you just do the protein for a month and then I'm going to add back some, some veggies. And, yeah. um, I, I may have like, you know, some fruit once a week, you know what I mean? Just berries or an apple, something like that. Right. Yeah. Other than that, it's that and water, nothing else. You know, how long have you been doing it? I started September 1st. Okay. Yeah. So, um, we are 27 days in. Um, I haven't lost any weight, uh, tell you the truth. Uh, but I do feel no aches and pains in my joints, which I've had for decades. They're pretty much all gone. Um, uh, I'm more, um, I'm more, uh, mentally alert. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm loving eating the meat. I'm loving the steaks. I mean, they're fantastic from my perspective. And yeah. I do feel like tighter, if that makes any sense. I don't feel like yeah. I've lost weight. I do feel tighter. Uh, I feel like the pants are a little looser than they were, but the weight hasn't gone now. Not at all. Um, so but you're training, right? I'm training like a beast. Yeah. Yeah. So what's happening is you're doing a body recomp. You're, you're finally, so the average client that comes onto the agogi, you know, what the, you know, what, take a number, take a wild number of protein per, you know, grams of protein per day that men are eating average number over three years. We track this. So in your program, I'm assuming it's, it's like over 150, right? No, that when they come on, well, when like they come on, I'm sure it's 50 or less. 67. Nikki. Whoa. Yeah. My freaking two-year-old eats more protein. It's more protein than that. 67 grams, man. And we need to get them up towards like 200. So what's happening with you is you're all of a sudden, you're like, boom, I'm eating probably over 200 grams of protein. I'm not really eating any, I mean, you're getting a little bit of carbohydrates, a little, you know, definitely some fat, depending on what kind of meat, but you're going more towards like the um, being, getting more kinetic to where you're, you're burning fat, but now you're lifting, you get this protein intake, you get in this thermogenic burn. So now you're building muscle, you're burning fat. You're probably not losing much weight, but I guarantee if I started scanning you or put you on a DEXA, your body recomp is changing. Yeah, so you I are getting tighter. I you're getting, you're going to put on, you're going to put on more muscle. The fat's going to start burning your, you know, the, what the scale might not change. But your actual physique is going to change and the way you feel is going to change, where your clothes fit, your shoulders, your yeah. arms, your waist. I'm you know, way stronger than I was even just a month ago. Like, yeah, we have a uh, we have a pro a lack of protein epidemic in men. Yes. And uh, in conjunction with that, we have a lack of muscle. Everybody's like, we have a fat problem. Ah, we don't necessarily have a fat problem. I think we, I think more than a fat problem, we have a lack of muscle. I think people are underdeveloped. And that's for a lot. I can go into a lot of different reasons why, but at the end of the day, I remember what I was going with my other thing, which you said about, you know, having to be physically fit and react. So on that podcast, Jerry and I were talking kind of about, uh, about where he was physically and what he could do. Right. And, and he goes, um, the last two years, obviously, you know, like, you know, in the States and, you know, even at where you're at, um, yeah, as yeah. well, you know, you turn the corner and there's like a, peaceful I'm, I'm using air quotes peaceful protest yeah <laughs> that turns into something else so you're downtown with your family just living on us you know and having a nice sunday maybe you went out to the lunch you went to church you went out to lunch and you guys turn the corner and you find yourself in the middle of this shit show and your father you got your kids there your wife there and you're a 300 pound overweight out of shape male 
you've now you are now a liability for your family. Yep. They they might as well dip out of that area without you. And he brought this up. He's like, man, I could. There's nothing I could have done. I, I couldn't walk a flight of stairs without being so overweight or so out of breath. He's like, there's nothing. If if that happened, and and he goes, he, I thought about that at the time, and I'm like, there's literally. If there was an attacker, if somebody tried to attack the family, there was literally, he just didn't have the physical capability to do anything. Yeah, that's messed up. Man. That's messed up. And that's, the, that's not our role. We are the provider. We're the protector. So that means, motherfuckers, you have to be fucking in shape. You, you do. You have to be physically fit. You, that's, it's a requirement. It's not up for negotiation. It's a, it's a requirement as a man. Like, go Thank do jujitsu. Go do some sort of martial arts. Like I got every, you know, four times or let's see, one, two, probably six or seven hours a week. If I really, if I really add it up, I go fight grown men and get my ass beat. Yeah, that's intense, man. I was, I was there this morning. You know what it does though? And I suggest every man do some jujitsu. I'm a big component of it. But the reason why is because so many people, how many people, Nikki, how many grown men in their forties and their fifties are uncomfortable with getting within a with getting within a you know the personal circle of another man physically and i don't mean like you know trying to make love or something literally like <laughs> aggression right sure like being with them and then having to go hands-on and actually like i i've watched people, especially new people or you know you go out in town you grab somebody they're like oh my god like you are why are you touching me why are you in my personal space but the reality is when something bad happens, that's exactly what's going to happen. The difference between somebody who doesn't train and me is I know exactly what to do. I'm going to own you, son. I'm going to own you. Damn straight. I'm going to control every bit of your body. And I'm not some big badass. I'm not. I don't consider myself. But I train so that I can. You take somebody who's trained for, you know, six months, a year. They're going to, they're going to control. I mean, I, we, we push this for cops too, right? Like you see these videos, these cops just getting freaking rolled over because they don't know how to actually physically control another human, a human body as a father, as a man, that is, you have to know how to do that. What happens if somebody attacks you, you got your little girl in the car with you, you're walking down the street, with a little girl, and you cannot physically, you know, you don't know how to go to hands-on with somebody. And they're like, that's Nick, cool. that's just rolling around on the ground. In a real fight, this is the comment that I like. In a real fight, you're going to do, you know, you're going to get punched and kicked and I'm going to go crazy, man. You're not going to be able to control me. I'm going to punch and kick. I'll gouge out your eyes and rip your ears off and blah, blah, blah. You know what, dude? If we get in a fight, I'm going to punch, kick, stab, shoot, rip as well, plus all that jujitsu stuff. I got extra tools in my toolbox. Yeah, no, it's good to know that stuff. Yeah. You know what? You know I, what I mean? I, I, I ought to, I ought to start doing something like that, man. Um, oh, you'd love it. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's weird, man. And I, and I got my clients, some of my clients started it. You know, the guys that, you know, I had one guy, Bruce, I love him. He was over 300 pounds and, and, uh, you know, we, we started talking, killing the old Bruce and now at two thirty, he just started. He's like, dude, where's it been my whole life? I'm like, what happened? He's like, I got my ass kicked. Felt awesome. <laughs> <laughs> reminds me of like the whole fight club thing right yeah 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 that's well, good they, they go and that's what it is right and, and the thing is it's and not only that but what, what happens is as you become more physically fit as you learn how to control another human being and you go in there and you do these physical attributes your confidence as a man goes through the roof as you get leaner, as you become more physically fit, it changes every it, it changes the way you carry yourself, how you communicate with other people. If you don't like what you and I get it, man, you look in the mirror, that's pain. You look in the mirror, you take your shirt off and you're like, man, this sucks. I look like shit. I feel like <laughs> shit. I get that pain. I've been there. The solution to that pain is discipline, is going to the gym, learning how to eat macros doing the fucking work that's the solution to the pain fix Amen, it brother. and fix it hey man i mean i was listening to joe rogan talking about him going on the carnivore diet 
and he said yeah. that he did it for like a month or two said he lost 12 pounds and uh he leaned out uh dropped a few inches off his waist size and he said yeah. the incredible thing for him was a lot of the aches and pains that he had in his body started to disappear yeah what's happening there nikki is that you hold a carbohydrates will create a lot of inflammation and don't don't get my words twisted here when i say carbohydrates are bad carbohydrates are not bad carbs don't make you fat they're not bad but when you are eating an excess amount of carbohydrates and really shitty food really shitty carbohydrates um processed sugars all kinds of things like that um it creates an enormous amount of inflammation in your body uh, especially the low quality food and that's when your joints your back your spine all, your knees all your stuff starts to hurt yeah right when you remove all that kind of stuff and you're going pure protein you're getting rid you're and you're drinking a ton of water you're dumping all that inflammation you're going to start feeling better yeah all right? that's what's happened for me and um i think it's a great i think uh, the, the uh, carnivore diet is a great it's not a for me personally i don't think it's a long-term solution because if you look at your actual blood levels before and after like long-term i'm talking long-term but it is a great 30-day reset it is a if you are somebody who is struggling with diet and struggling if you go on this diet for 30 days it is a great reset because you're increasing your probing your protein intake all right you're removing all all of kind of refined grains and sugars and all the bullshit that your body doesn't need and you're flushing it out of your system you're going to feel great and then you start reinducing more of a balanced whole food diet yeah yeah, Which is what you said you were basically going to start doing. Yeah, once, that's basically once. what I'm going to yeah. do. But like, it, it was it was pretty wild. Um, I, I read I read a book written by Dr. Anthony Martin called the the Great Reset. Funny that you should say yeah. that's what he calls it, the Great Reset. He talks <laughs> about eating. Um, I read his book in 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 a 24 hour period. It was 140 pages, and I just flew through it. And basically he said, go eat eggs, meat, and cheese for the next 30 days. I said, all right, yeah, I'll do it. Screw it. And then I bought Sean Baker's book, the carnivore diet. And I watched him on, on, um, on London reel. And he's been on Rogan too. And I yeah. said, okay, this is, this is, this is cool shit. All right, let me give this a go. Let's make this happen. Let's push it hard. Um, I'm not doing so well on cheese. And uh, I interviewed Dr. Martin. Uh, he came on my show. So that was pretty cool. And he said, look, you probably have a leaky gut. That's why you're not handling cheese too well. So I, was, I was just about to say, you probably don't need to be doing dairy, Nikki. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I dropped all the yeah. cheese. I'm eating steak, yeah. lamb chops, fish. It's freaking great, man. It's freaking great. And burgers. Yeah, once you start adding back in, you know what you, you, know what you could do is uh, some Greek yogurt. It's yeah. a different process. And that's, yeah. that is actually good. For, that is some good for your gut. Um, my, my personal favorite coming from a Greek guy is that it's the Faye. It's, it's, uh, it looks, it's like a blue thing and it has, it's spelled F A G E pronounced Faye. Yes. That's the, that's the real stuff. Let me tell you right now. Yeah. You go to Greece. That's yeah. what you buy. It gets yeah. imported over here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, introduce a little of that. That'll help as well. And it'll digest good, but yeah, you should probably, but I mean, that's again, that's that, what'd you say? How long you were kind of off the, off the, off the rails a little bit like you're gonna do damage yeah eight, not, eight years people don't realize like you're doing damage eight to your years. gut lining eight years man you're doing damage to your gut lining so now you're in like the when you really have a leaky gut and you have all these different problems you're not digesting you're not getting all the mineral minerals and, and nutrients from your food yeah because your 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 shit's so jacked so your your gut's not absorbing everything that you need to absorb yeah, that's what Martin, Dr. Martin said. And he said, look, just keep eating this way for a while longer and yeah. it'll heal itself. Yeah. And I'm it like, will. all right. But the wild yeah. thing is how strong I've gotten. It's pretty crazy as far as I'm concerned, right? Like I I I'm I, I also bought um uh, knees over toes guys uh, uh kind of like workout program because I've had all that joint pain. You know what I mean? I figured, let me see yeah. what I can do. So he had some yeah. pretty interesting exercises in there that I started to add to my workouts. So I, I did the Nordic strap, you know, I, I, I strapped down my uh -huh. heels to the bench and I, and I kind of fell forward, man, that is hard, hard, hard seems to be working. I bought myself um, a sled on wheels, you know? Um, and so I kind of walked back with attention. Yeah. It's like, yeah, dude, I love that thing. Yeah, it's good. It's good. So I I'm walking backwards thing. with that uh, 10 minutes, three times a week. Um, yeah. It, that, that's been 
actually excellent as far as I'm concerned. Um, I, I bought this thing called a monkey foot where you, um, it's this device you strap on your foot. You can pick up a, a, a little dumbbell with it and you pull it up to work the hip flexors. So I've been doing yeah. that. I bought a tib bar. So I'm doing tibialis exercises and I'm doing a shit ton of stretching, you know, because I didn't really stretch and stretch for decades, man, properly. So now I'm starting to stretch things out. It's, it's great. It's wonderful to have the strength come back, you know, and it's not like I'm trying to go for personal best with everything and like show myself I'm big and strong and tough, but I, I just noticed, Hey man, I'm stronger. I'm doing stuff better. You know, it's no, and Nick, you just need to, that's what people need to realize that you just need to be the very best version of, of, of who you are in the chapter that you're at. Yeah. Like art and everybody needs to just take that mirror check and go look in the mirror and go, am I the very best version of myself? And always, and we were talking about kind of success, like what, what models success, right? You know, like people say, well, like, you know, everybody has a different definition. I think there's only one definition of success. I'm going to pigeonhole the shit out of success. Give it to me, and bro. it ain't one, it ain't one thing to be, you cannot be wealthy and have a thriving business and be overweight and be successful. You cannot be super fit, freaking eight-pack, shredded, super healthy, and broke. That's not successful. That was me for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of people, right? There's like, it's funny, man. You go on Instagram, there's like these guys that have, you know, half a million followers or a million followers, and they're broke as shit. They don't know how to monetize a business. They don't know how to do anything. Yeah. They just take. I don't selfies. know how to get followers on Instagram, but I know how to make a million dollars a year. That's not a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. So, uh, and then same thing comes to that. Like, what about your relationships? Okay, so you're now you're super fit, you're super wealthy, but your wife hates you. Your kids can't be around you, or you're not even there for them. So when you get to the finish line, they might not even be there. So great, you've got millions in the bank, you're super fit, and you're alone, and not successful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally, man. Totally. All you have true. to have them. You have to be at all to be successful. That means you've got, you've built wealth. You're physically fit. Your relationships are intact and you're spiritually where you need to be. And then you take that for whatever it's worth. You take that for wherever you need to take it. But that means you've got all areas of your life. You are successful in multiple areas. And I have this success matrix that I write out and I, I use it as kind of an example, right? Okay. What I tell them, Hey, what, what's success, money, fitness, this, that, whatever freedom. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's write it all on the board. And I start drawing circles and I'm like, okay. And what it is, is all those circles have to overlap. That's what creates. And that when you have all the circles overlap and their success now, you every single person should do this should go get a whiteboard you should get a piece of paper draw it down put success in the middle and on the outside of it put you know your fitness your faith your finances your family all that kind of stuff four f-bombs and then go <laughs> okay how how many of these overlap into success is my fitness where it needs to be is my money where it needs to be my faith where it needs to be my family where it needs to be and then find out where you're lacking and then go put the fucking work in. Why do we wait until shit is broken to go get help? Isn't preventative maintenance a lot easier on your vehicle or anything else than when the shit comes off the rails, when your timing belt blows on your car? Amen, brother. You know what I mean? That is really expensive. That guy that's got type 2 diabetes, he's going to spend a lot more money than he would spend on coaching. Yeah, Guaranteed. he will. He will. Long term, he will. And you know what's really sad? His family's going to pay for that too. Yeah, that is sad. He's going to come around. He's, he, he's, I guarantee he's going to come around. He'll, he'll jump on board. But well, I'll at the tell end you of the this. day, we can't, can't afford not to. No, he can't. But I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, when someone says, I can't afford it, um, they're coming from fear. They're not saying... They don't really mean they can't afford it. They mean they're too scared to face this head on and do yeah. something about it. So they use yeah, the money because... as an excuse. That's all. You just got to love them through that pain, man. Hey, dude, yeah, I man. get it. 
but the I, truth uh, is you have to do this because if you don't do this, you won't be alive. <laughs> so yeah, stop being scared. And, we'll hold, we'll, we'll lock arms. We'll make it happen. And people and, and people, you know, we spend our, we spend money on some, on some straight bullshit. Right. And I make joke, yep. you know, I took it from, I took it from one of my Ricondo buddies that did some songs, you know, we spend so much money on mocha choco bullshits and smack a cock lattes and some Netflix subscriptions and your Paramount subscription, your Disney plus subscription and all this other bullshit that we just nickel and dime ourselves throughout the week. Right. Guarantee people are spending, you know, $5 here a day, $5 here a day on what, what ROI is any of that shit giving you? Nothing, nothing. And the idea is I don't want to do shit if it doesn't give me an ROI. Not a conversation, not a piece of media, not a show, not a TV, not a freaking like a walk, nothing unless there's an ROI behind it because I live a I live a life of purpose and meaning. So that means the things that I do need to have be purposeful and meaningful. My conversations and what I pour into others and how I serve others need to be purposeful and meaningful. Everything is with intention. That's it. You change that. You change the way you think about that. Your money starts changing. The way you see money starts changing. The way you make money starts changing. Yeah. Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah. And, you know, I, I want to shift gears for a moment to talk to the younger yeah. men. You know, um, there's a lot of gurus out there who claim they have the answer for men. You know, and I'm going to name some names because um, they're saying some things that really um, are good, but they're saying some things that are terrible, in my opinion. So um, Rolo Tomasi, the rational male, um, uh, the fit and fresh boys down in Miami, and uh, Andrew Tate. And Rolo Tomasi talks about how, you know, if you're a man today, there's no percentage in getting married. So you shouldn't get married because the, the society and the laws are set up in favor of, of, of women and the feminist imperative. So you shouldn't get married because you could lose everything you have. And, you know, divorce rates are so high and all that jazz. Um, That's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. Tell me about it, brother. Tell me about it. But there's so many people. What, what about the human experience? What about the human experience? <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me about it. <laughs> Yeah, the human experience, to be sure. And also, look, you know, there's a lot you can do to prepare men to 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 make good decisions on who they marry. Right. Right. Uh, you know, and you could marry the well, wrong that's where, woman. That's where fathers. That's where that's where bringing back, you know, making fathers great again. That's that's yeah. where that comes into play. Like we, the reason why we're in the situation that we're in is because of lack of fatherhood. Exactly. Exactly. And then. These guys at Fresh and Fit and, and Andrew Tate and so forth, like I said, there's a lot of things they say that make sense about how the world is and how men are being treated and all that jazz. But then they they start saying, you know, these Fresh and Fit guys says, well, there's this thing called a high value man. High value man is man who takes care of himself. He's fit. He makes a lot of money. And that man can pretty much do whatever the hell he wants. And if you as a woman want to be with him, you're going to have to be willing to share him because, you know, he's not going to be monogamous to you and I'm not monogamous. And so, you know, you've got to deal with that. And Andrew Tate has said, well, you know, um, who are you to tell a woman that she's not going to like this? It's not a big deal. It's not going to bother her if I go, if I have sex with somebody else, I'm still with her. And I'm like, and this is supposed to be a, hold on. This is supposed to be a high value man. This is what they're saying. Yeah. High value man, like a, a rock star or a sports player. And I'm like, okay, so dude, they're teaching young men to value making money, having bling and having sex with a lot of women. That's what they're teaching young men. And listen, you know when what? I was a teenager and I was in my early to mid twenties, the idea of having a lot of money and a lot of bling and a lot of beautiful women was great. Okay. But there's a period of time where I just, you know, it just, it just came to me. Like, I don't want to do that, man. I don't, I don't want 30 girlfriends. I want not, one no good value. woman. There's no, there's no true value in it. There is no true value in it. Can, can I talk about what the difference between that and what we what we do, Nikki? Yeah, buddy, please do so. But I mean, uh, before so, you go there, I just want to yeah. say that this is dangerous because there's a 100%. lot of young men that are following these dudes. You know, 
like we're talking millions upon millions of young men are following these dudes and not that i want to knock anybody down but i think the worst thing to do in the world is to teach a man to be just into that shallow shit. here's the problem with that statement the problem with that statement is you are basically saying that and high value man is the same thing as an alcoholic or a drug addict or a sex addict. All right, bear with me. The reason why it's the same is because those individuals, what you just described is an individual is a young man or a man or grown I man, whatever the age group, I don't give a shit who they are or what age they are. If you are operating in that capacity, you are a person who is seeking pleasure. The same way an alcoholic seeks alcohol, heroin seeks alcohol, heroin or somebody who is just, you know, one woman after the other. Yeah. Gambling. It doesn't matter. It's just a pleasure thing. You are seeking pleasure to fulfill some sort of purpose or void in your life. To fill, fulfill this dark hole in your life. If I can only do another woman, more money more drugs, more parties, more, 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 more. And why is it that an alcoholic, alcoholic or a drug addict or a gambling addict or a sex addict never has their fill? Why is it that they never get what they're searching for? Because it's a fucking black hole and you can never fill a void or become happy seeking pleasure. So this guy, whoever said that is full of shit and he's an idiot. It's more than one dude that said it, bro. <laughs> and the difference, the difference is when you, and this is why, you know, as, as we grow older, we realize this, the difference is when you seek purpose over pleasure, man, that void does be that, that void does get filled up. Your heart does become full. You do become more purpose, like more mission oriented. You start serving others. You realize that it ain't about you. It's about the people around you. And talk about the, the level of content, the level of fulfillment and happiness, true happiness. Now that, that fills you up. Now that becomes the, that becomes the drug. How many, if somebody asked me, Nick, what do you struggle with? You know what I struggle with? Figuring out how I can serve my people better and serve more of them. That's what I struggle with. How do I scale my business to where I can serve more men to become better fathers, husbands, and men in general? I'm happy. There is, and if you talk to somebody and I've been, I've been that guy chasing women and doing, you know, drinking it. There was no amount of, there was no amount of women that would ever satiate my appetite. Why? Cause it's, it's, you're seeking pleasure. It's like a drug. You take some cocaine. Woo. Yay. That shit wears off. You feel like shit. You're depressed again. You got to do another one and then another one and then another one. When's enough enough? It's never enough. These guys, these young men, these high value men, that's not a high value man. That's a low frequency beta operating fool. Amen. High value man is a man of purpose. A man who seeks purpose over pleasure. That's a high value man. A high value man is who, I, who is seeking success in all areas, who is seeking personal growth in all areas. That's a high value man. I'm going to go find these guys, Nikki. I'm going to go drop some comments. Well, look up Fresh and Fit. Look up Andrew Tate. He's He got banned off of all social media, so he's on Rumble right now. Look up Rolo Tomasi in the Rational Mail. Um, and there's this whole thing called 21 University run by this guy named, um, uh, God, what's his name? Anthony Johnson. Um, now, Anthony right now, is um, he's gone off of this screw a bunch of women kick. He's, he's, he's into family right now thankfully, but there's a lot of these men, that's kind of what they're going and telling men. And, and it, it blows me away. You know, there's this whole thing called MGTOW. Have you heard of MGTOW, men going their own way? Um, no. It's a whole movement of men that basically refuse to have anything to do with women. 
you know, they, they maybe go have sex once in a while, but they're not going to get into a relationship. They're not going to build families. And to me, this way of thinking is dangerous because our society will crumble if men don't go out there and pair bond with women and start families. And you, you need to have men um, and women coming together and starting families. Otherwise, world's going to crash. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Man, this is crazy. I just looked it up. You're right. High value guy. I know, brother. I know. Oh, I'm gonna have some. I'm gonna have some fun with that. <laughs> yeah, for real, brother. For real. For real. Thanks. Man. And they go Appreciate knocking that. dudes. They go, oh, you're just jealous because you don't get enough girls or you don't make enough money. I'm like, dude. So I'll tell you the um, the most impressive men I know are not the men that make the most money. You know, no, man. The most the, measure imp- of- the most impressive men I know are the men who you can count on to keep their word. Those are the men that impress the, the fuck true, out of the me. The true high value men. Yeah. They're yeah. the most loyal men I know. Like they got your back. Y- you know what I mean? Um, those yeah. are the most impressive men I know. Now making money's great. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot. And, right and don't get and don't get me wrong. It's a requirement. Like you should it build is. generational wealth. That's a, that's a requirement. That's, that's one of the tenets that you should be doing. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. You should be, you should be doing that. You should be going after it, but, but it's not the measure of a man. No, it is not the measure. Of a man. No, no. Um, that's what I think we'll call this podcast episode. What is the measure of a man? That's a good one. Yeah, I know. It's good. Um, Nick, this has been a great episode. You know, I want to, I want a book to do like a Joe Rogan style two hour episode with you one of these days. Uh, you know, it's um, we'll, we'll, we'll make that happen. I'll, I'll book it. What up. is it? What is what's can, give me the rundown what's happening up there. Can you, are you able to, are you able to travel yet? Are you allowed? Yeah, we can travel. The border? We can travel yeah. as of October 1st. We're able to now Canada was allowing me to travel. Now, I don't know if Joe, Joe Biden is going to let me into the United States. I don't know what, Bro, what the U S I just came the- back. I just came back from a conference where some, some uh, Canadians came down to the, the, this high performance summit that I went to great, great, uh, great thing. And, uh, bro, they got, they got fine going back to Canada. They got fined $6,000 a person. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to end as of October 1st in Canada. However, the, um, uh, the U S government, uh, has had a ban on uh, certain people traveling to the U.S. if they don't show certain paperwork and so forth, and um, if they're not American citizens. So the Canadian government's going to let me out of the country and back in, no problem anymore. I just got to find out if, you know, I can come to the States without any hassles (laughs) right now because (laughs) I didn't want to deal with that crap. I just didn't want to deal with it. Oh, Nikki, we're living in weird times, man. Yeah, no kidding, brother. No kidding. Do we, times, are we ever dude, you got it. Listen, you've got you've got an open house here, man. You got I appreciate you got a place it. I, I, I um, well, I want to come down. You said you'd only interview me if I came down in person, so we're gonna have to make that happen, man. <laughs> so, so much. There's so much to talk about. Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, it's good. So much to talk about. I'd like to do a two, three hour episode with you because, yeah, uh, you know, unfortunately today I can't, but uh, we'll yeah. uh, we'll make that happen. Um, uh. And I think the conversation of what's the true measure of a man uh, ought to be an entire topic. Um, I'm excited to have that conversation with you. I think more folks need to hear it. And um, I'd love to, I'd love to have a whole bunch of conversations with you and get it out to people. I'd love to do an event with you, man. I think that'd be cool. You and I should put something together for men. So let me, before I, before I go, I want to share this with the men listening that the price of success. And, and we just talked about what success is, is pain, misery, and suffering. All right. Yeah. Listen, for you to progress and for you to hit these four wickets, right. And to be truly successful, you're going to be tired. You know why you're tired? Because you're putting effort into all areas of your life. When you get when you walk through the door and you're exhausted, you've been talking all day. Trust me, I get it, man. My job is pretty much talking all day long. 
I'm in one, one mastermind group, one lesson, one sales call, one meeting after the other. It's what I do. Guess what? When I get done here, I go out there and I, how do I serve my family? How do I play with my kid? Yeah, it, I would be, I would love to go sit on the freaking couch and zone out for the rest of the day. What does that make me? An absentee father, an absentee husband. I go out there and I serve my people. All right, you play with this, let's play with this kid. Let's help my wife in the kitchen. Let's go on a walk. Yeah, am I tired? Hell yeah, I'm tired. I go muster the fucking energy, man. I dig down deep and I do what I'm supposed to do because that is what a high value, a high value man does. So yes, if you're going to be successful, you're going to be fucking tired. Pain, misery, and suffering. That's what it takes. Yeah, amen. Yeah. And if you're not willing to put it in, then you're right. You won't be successful. If you're not going to put in the work, you're not going to put in a little suffering, you won't get there. I'll leave it there. No, it's it's good. And these uh, these folks that um, I talked to you about, these guys that I have a problem with, that part they get and they understand and they they speak about that. And that's one of the, the things that they talk about that I appreciate them talking about because they are telling men, hey, you got to get to work. There is no substitute for suffering. Andrew Tate in particular talks about that at length and, and very well. Um, and there's a lot that man has to say that's valuable and good. It's just this crap that they're talking to men about when it comes to their relationships for, with women is absolute trash. And no offense to them and no offense to any man that's younger, but they're young and they're dumb and they haven't uh, come to the point in their life where they understand how valuable, how important it is for a man to have one woman in his life and build a family with her. Uh, and, yeah. um, that's, that's important for all of us to, to understand. And especially for younger men to understand my sons both love Andrew Tate. They follow his shit and, you know, fine. They're following him, but I'm, I'm talking to them and saying, listen, boys, I appreciate you like the fact that this guy's rich and he makes money and all that jazz. He drives bling bling cars, but that's not what it is to be a man. Uh, there's a lot more to it than that. And I'm hopeful that dad yelling it long enough and loud enough is going to finally sink in. <laughs> yeah. You just got to, you know, you know, the deal you show them, you got to show them. Yeah, brother. Well, Nick, thanks for coming on the show, man. Great to have you here, brother. Absolutely. Let's set up another yeah, one real soon. In fact, I'll make a point of doing it and we'll, we'll, we'll book a, a longer one. And as soon as I can get down South, I will. Excellent. Thank you, Nikki. God bless you, man. Thank you for listening to the sovereign man podcast. If you're ready to take charge of your life and become the man you've always wanted to be, we invite you to join the movement at SovereignMan.ca.